You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and remote workers and the only podcast of its kind, circa 2019 edition. We're so happy to be back again after a little break. And that's exactly what we are going to talk about today. What precipitated the break? Where did we go? What happened? You know, as entrepreneurs who face chronic illness and who deal with these challenges, I'm sure that you can understand the roller coaster that is life. We are always striving for balance. We want to wake up and have every day be the same. You know, and this is what I tell my husband. Like, I want, when I go to bed at night, I want it to be the same. I want to be in the same bed with the same blanket at the same time doing the same thing. There's comfort in sameness and structure. And a lot of times we are searching for this and we're not finding it because we're sick. Because we have to surrender our control. And in the midst of surrendering our control, we have to deal with our own emotions while we're surrendering this control. And that's pretty much what tanked me. In October, I was all set to go to Dallas to this amazing mastermind. And I was going to meet many, many, many people, big speakers, one percenters, the people that are the innovators, the pushers, the changers. I was very excited about it. And I thought I had everything under control. I wrote everything down. This is what I need to pack. This is what I need to bring. This is what I need to buy. This is what I need to accomplish. This is the work I need to do. And I just lied to myself. I was sleeping on the couch, telling myself that was okay. Can't do that. I need between eight and nine hours of sleep a night, my transverse myelitis, and now a new recent diagnosis, because that's the other new thing that happened, of fibromyalgia, which explains the widespread nerve pain that they've never been able to diagnose. It doesn't allow me to live like a rock star. It doesn't allow me to be that entrepreneur that just grinds and hustles and and has these seemingly bottomless tanks of energy or can just pound down the Red Bulls, can work through the bleariness. That's not us. It's not me. It's not you. You're listening to this show for that reason. Because you want to do things differently. I think more importantly, we want validation that doing things differently is okay when we don't have that validation and we're afraid to show up as who we are, then we are going to allow our own failure. We are going to get careless with our health. There are two staggering moments for me when it comes to my disease. One was discovering physical limits And the other was discovering, I guess we'll say workload limits or volume limits. The first physical 
limit story, the only story really that resonates with me is, I think it was probably about a year after I got sick. And I just had it in my head that I was going to take off the carpet off of our stairs. And this carpet was probably 30 years old. I, I didn't want it there anymore. I, I wanted to, you know, watching HGTV, I'm seeing, I've seen these gleaming floors. People are painting their floors. It's just giving them so much vibrancy and happiness in their house. That's what I wanted. My husband was at work and I got to work and started ripping that carpet off the stairs. And I was not at it for probably more than seven minutes before I was completely overwhelmed with a lack of stamina and fatigue. And I realized I had done so much that we could not fix it. We could not go back. So what I tried to do became somebody else's job. It became my husband's job. And I had to take whatever that meant to him. I had to take his annoyance. I had to take his sadness. I had to take all of these emotions he was having at being forced into finishing this job that wound up being a royal pain in the butt, taking the stain off the stairs and trying to paint it and sanding it and everything else. It was a huge job that because I wasn't realistic about my, I don't want to say limits, but maybe my possibilities or the way that I need to do something, it screwed him. So that was the first time from the physical standpoint where I said, I'm never doing this again. I'm never going to be so much stuck with my head in the sand that I am going to impact another person this way. And I haven't. I've been very honest about what I can do, how I need to do it, what I can accomplish on my own, what I need help with when it came to the physical aspects. This past October was about discovering the limitations within myself. And I don't, again, I hate using the word limitations. I'm not even quite sure how to put it. It's adaptations, but we do have things that we can't do a specific way. It doesn't mean we can't accomplish things. It means we have to be okay with how we are working and doing. As my friend Allison Tedford says, she's not hustling and grinding. She's not staring her goals in the face. She's getting up and acknowledging them. She's having coffee in the morning and recognizing what she needs to do. She's giving him a little nudge. Hey, I see you. I see you there. Okay, let's get to it. It's constant. It's there every day. It's always going to be there. Attacking it like you're some kind of rabid badger is not going to make the workload go away. It's not going to make your to-do list disappear. And it is going to remove you from what you need to be present for, which is how you feel about yourself. So my second story of ultimatums had to do with working. I was working so hard to prove that I was viable. I could keep up with people. It didn't matter. It didn't matter what I had going on. 
I was the same. I was going to be better. But that wasn't the case. Because it wasn't sustainable what I was doing, working 16-hour days, disconnecting from my husband and my daughter and my sons because I was exhausted and trying to get everything done so I could go to Dallas where I was worried about what people would think of me if I was seen as physically perceived to be weak. So I stopped everything. I stopped and said, what kind of difference am I making in this way? What kind of difference is this podcast making? What kind of difference is advertising making? Where is the return coming back in my life? Where am I putting the energy that it's coming back to me in a meaningful way. And sometimes we have to do that. Sometimes we have to stop and go, whoa. I looked at what everybody else was doing. It's kind of like Jurassic Park. We were so excited to see that we could make the dinosaurs. We never stopped to think if we should. And that is easy to get sucked up in that world when everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is jamming this way. Everybody else is grinding this way. I have to do it too. Or my existence as an entrepreneur in the same realm as these other people is not validated. It's not real. It's not meaningful. It doesn't matter. That's not the case. We have to make different rules for ourselves. We have to be okay with making those rules. And we have to refuse the mirror that society holds up to us. We have to refuse that mirror. There is no one way. There is no one formula to success. And I'm not talking about groundbreaking success and you're going to go buy your own yacht. I'm talking about making a living wage by being an entrepreneur and doing work that actually matters to you and being in your passion that actually matters to you so it feels like you don't work at all. We have to rewrite those rules. It's okay if you can't work at night. It's okay if you need a nap during the day or two naps. As long as you are honest with yourself about what you can accomplish. The other major, major thing that happened is my team grew because after a month of being unable to do many, many things because I was so sick, and this is when I got my fibromyalgia diagnosis, I was so sick. I went back to the neurologist. Something was wrong. Something was broken. Something was worse. Uh, The fatigue was record breaking like I was I was ready to call Guinness and say hey I've got a new category except they accepted they don't accept new categories but you get what I'm getting at I hadn't let other people in still living in a scarcity mindset still trying to compete and be seen as that viable person so I changed that and um I brought some people on board And I learned when you increase the number of people on your team, you increase the volume that you can accomplish as well. Because we are limited by our own bandwidth. There's only 
so many hours in the day that you can do what you are supposed to do. And then you're done. You physically don't have any more hours. You physically don't have any more emotional, academic, any kind of stamina. It's, it's gone. You don't have any more. We can't create more. We can't make the day longer. Uh, we can't clone ourselves. We can't do any of these things. So when we don't let other people in, we limit ourselves. Again, when you increase the number of people on your team, you increase the volume that you can accomplish. Think about what you accomplish by yourself. There's a lot that you can accomplish. There's a lot that you can get done in a day. There's a lot that you can get done when you're not sitting at your desk and then you're in leggings or sweats and you're chugging coffee. There's a lot you can get done. Now add a couple more people to your team. What does that do? Now you have three times the volume that you started with. But the problem is that we all have a hard time accepting help. What does accepting help do for you? It's one of the hardest actions for people to take, asking for and accepting help and why. Because we feel guilty or weak, as if we'll owe someone. Have you ever asked yourself, what is the hardest part of giving or receiving? Is it giving or receiving? For me, it is receiving. I can give all day long. As long as my well is not empty, I will give all day long and relish in the smiles and the joy coming from people that I have helped to affect to have a better day and hopefully have started on a path to a better life. Receiving with grace and confidence and the feeling emanating from you that you deserve the treatment you are getting is really difficult. It's really hard to come to terms with that in your life and in your business. You know, and this is the same with love. I've often said it's easier to love than to accept being loved, than to accept that somebody can actually love little old you, right? And we do that to ourselves. I don't deserve this. I, I shouldn't take this. If only they knew this about me. As soon as they find out this about me, they'll be gone. Love is conditional. You just wait for the breakup. You wait for people to say, I'm sorry I ever extended myself to you. You wait for that. That is an issue of trust. This has been an ongoing journey. I know you're in your own ongoing journey after diagnoses. It's challenging. We want the answers that we want right now. We want the answers that come from experience, right? Meow. <laughs> and you don't get those. You have to go through the steps. You have to go through the pain to get the answers. You're not going to get them on the first day. You're not going to get them in the first year, the second year, the third year. Your grief is not going to be this chart that you'll just unknowingly follow. Oh, now I'm going to go here and then I go here and, and it, it's unpredictable. 
the stages both slam into you based on your experiences and they roll over you like a wave. Sometimes they're one degree changes and you wake up a different person and you don't even understand what happened. You are confronting again and again and again who this new person is. And I was doing this even after four plus years. It takes a long time to get comfortable with a new identity. It's a colossal adjustment. So be gentle with yourself and face yourself. You have to tell yourself, I'm good exactly as I am. I'm good in a chair. I'm good out of a chair. I'm good working. I'm good resting. I'm good advocating for me. I'm good advocating for other people. I'm a good person. There's no detriment to what you're working with or dealing with every single day. I was out working or trying to what I feared would be the silent moments in my head. I just wanted mountains of work to numb my brain. I'm different, I'm different, I'm different. I'm different than the other people. I don't have this need. That's not true. And that's not okay. It's not okay to not accept yourself. It's not okay to actively work on not accepting yourself. Because I had to grieve a little bit. Because I learned again that there were things that I couldn't do the way I wanted to do them. I couldn't rip that damn carpet off the stairs. I never will be able to. I'm not that sad about that reality. And I couldn't run away from the person that I am. I missed the girl who had taken her health for granted, who had abused her body with an eating disorder for decades. The girl who tried to fit into conditional love and had to jump through hoops to be accepted. Dress a certain way, talk a certain way, worship a certain way, not speak up when abuse was hurled at her. That girl, I wasn't, I wasn't her anymore. I was a different girl. I was different physically. I was stronger emotionally, but I still missed that girl and I wanted to tell her I am I am so sorry that I took advantage of your health and I took it for granted I wasn't done talking to her maybe you're not done talking to yourself and I wanted to tell her I was sad that I would never find myself again because who was I always evolving. Every day I wake up in the morning, my husband and I laugh about this. I can feel pretty good sometimes just sitting, resting, not overdoing it because my body is not alive with the fire of a thousand nerve misfirings. And after sleeping, it's hard for me to walk. I'll put my legs down on the floor and get up and immediately stagger and need to hold on to the bed for support because I forget in the time when I go to bed and I get up in the morning, I forget I'm sick. And every day I have to learn it again. And that's a big deal. 
because I wanted it to go away. I wanted to be done. I wanted to say, whoa, that was a, whoo, those four years, boy. Let's not relive those. But they're done and over with. Let's move on. But you know what? That's not going to happen. And it's about being okay with it. If you're suffering in the name of the grind, you don't have to be like the other entrepreneurs, every other entrepreneur who's talking about this. I'm up at the butt crack of dawn. I'm drinking the green gritty slime to distill my thoughts. You don't need to be in perfect physical health to do whatever you want. This is your life, your livelihood. These are your rules. You get to make them and you get to defend them. 2019 is the year of love. I guess if I was going to pick a word, love would be my word. It's what we all need. I need more of it. You need more of it. We all do. Every leader, every follower, every hater, every lover, everyone needs love. Love solves so much. And we allow it to complicate everything, which is the opposite of what it is supposed to accomplish. Love yourself more. I needed to be human and love myself more. When we do this, we ripple outward modeling what we're doing for ourselves and supporting other people in doing the same things. I had to stop and reevaluate what I was doing every day. My perceived weaknesses. And I use the word perceived because our vulnerabilities aren't weak. They're the opposite. They are the walls of our strength, the pillars that support our infrastructure. And so many times we run away from them until we can't. We were on the way to the airport. We're probably 10 minutes away from the airport. And my disease was flaring like a mofo. I was having a hard time breathing. I was losing feeling in my legs, and I thought, oh, my, this is just going to get worse. It's going to get worse and worse and worse, and I'm going to have a total and complete breakdown. And if we keep going, I'm going to have to go to the emergency room. I was thinking that at the same time terrified that my husband would be angry because I would disappoint him because we had planned this trip to be very special. And he was going with me, and I was very excited about it. And even though we had a long distance relationship for a number of years, this would have been the first time we flew together. It's a milestone. We were both excited about it. When I was terrified that my husband would be angry, it put me in touch with how many times I had made decisions out of the fear of angering others. And that wasn't right either. And of course he wasn't angry. He was an absolute lamb. No, we'll turn right around. Let me just stop and get a coffee before we go home, and I'll put you to bed. So I stopped everything, podcasts, advertising. I was running uphill on a slick of mud and living to work, trying to make my life work. If I hadn't stopped it, it would have continued. The other thing that I realized, and that's important to talk about, I also had a strange relief as we turned around because I realized I would be safe from the eyeballs of people who expect me to be different than I am. 
I can show up much like a newscaster, right? With a headshot. What do they call that? Center mass or something? Or maybe that's a Criminal Minds episode. I can't remember. But you don't see people moving around when, or you don't have to. You can see people from the chest up. You don't have to look at their legs. You don't have to watch them wobble into the kitchen. You don't have to watch them navigate things, navigate stairs, navigate railings, navigate. You don't have to watch those things. And people can position themselves to be any way they want to be online. This would be the time I would be in front of incredible influencers. And I didn't want pity. And I didn't want anybody to see me as weak. And that made me feel ridiculous because I shouldn't care. And I was horrified and disgusted to learn that I do care what people think. I do want to be loved and I do want approval. And I thought I had outrun those demons. But those aren't demons. It's being human. We're social people. We don't even have to forgive ourselves for being human. We need to be understanding and treat ourselves like our loved ones standing next to us. If they're feeling vulnerable, if they're feeling sad, if they're grieving, if they're having a hard time, we're not going to lay into them. We're not going to make them feel bad for feeling that way. I shouldn't say make them feel bad because we have control over our emotions, but we're not going to influence what their decision might be of whether they would feel bad or not. We're going to love them back into feeling whole. So I reverted into what were the most sensible tasks for me to focus on and the most profitable in addition to what did I not want to do anymore? There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't want to do this. Some people feel like they need uh, justification at the end of this. I don't want to do this because. You don't, you don't even need to explain yourself. I don't want to do the invoicing because it doesn't light up my life. But I can just say, I don't want to do it. So I'm going to find somebody else to do it. Within two weeks of bringing more people on, my client load doubled. It was seriously as if a spell I had cast had finally caught. But it was also more proof that I was in the right place, concentrating in the right area, getting back to what mattered. A huge part of that is providing value for you guys. We'll talk about the job of the day in the minute, in a minute and why you need to be tuned into that. A huge part of why this nonprofit was created was to ensure that you didn't go through what I went through when I got sick. I didn't, I didn't have an instruction manual. I didn't have the references. I want you to utilize what's available. Coaching is also coming. Affordable coaching, talking about ways you can close sales and make money in that very day talking about time hacks and organizational hacks and all these things that I have wanted to bring to you. That is where I need to refocus. So after a month of being in bed, I felt like I was finally coming back and I vowed not to work myself into the ground 
anymore. I was sick of overthinking what it meant to be disabled and how, yes, we have voices to break all the stigmas. But talking about it all the time felt like begging for attention. I don't want there to be a special ogling ceremony when I go to Target or the airport and I have to use a wheelchair. When I walk across the room and stagger as I go. And I don't want that for anyone else either. And I guess that I thought the caliber of entrepreneurs I was going to see would swallow me alive. I was afraid to show up as me. So we need to show up. We need to go out and not hide and live our life with intention and not give a flying fuck what comes back to you. It is one thing to deny toxicity and to lose track of the number of ultimatums in your life that have been given to you, but is another to stop the rush of fear that comes from wondering if people will accept you. The break was needed. I have redefined my life and business. I have stopped fighting what I can't control, and I have better embraced what I can. When I first got sick, I free fell into having no idea if I was dying. And that was oddly comforting to let loose of the sick grasp I had been trying to hold on to in life. To control how people saw me, loved me, wanted me, if they left or stayed. None of that mattered anymore because the unknown was dark and big and in my face. And all I could do was go toward it. So, I'm done being safe while working in a more efficient way. That's my focus. I will do everything that I can to be effective time-wise. And opening the doors to other people to share in that allows me to share what I am so lucky to have, which is my business. And I can share this with other people and their families. That is the fortune and the focus that matters. What can you do for yourself and for other people? That is why we scale. That is why. We grow. That is why we learn right along with the people who have joined us in their learning curves, through their training. This is why we show up. This is why we do it because it's bigger than us. It's bigger than one person. So as we wrap today, let me ask you, ask yourself a question. What are you not being honest about to yourself? what's working in your life, and what is taking away from the person you can be. The person you are, as you are, how you are living in the world is absolutely perfect. And that's because there is no such thing as perfect, and so we all are perfect, just as we are all unique, and so no one is unique. The takeaway is to make this the year of love for you, too. Let that be your anchor and guiding light to where every decision originates. Does this feed what you need? If the answer is no, then move on, then change it, then ask for help and graciously receive it knowing you are worth it. Thank you for joining me again on the show that just infuses me with a tremendous life flood. Thank you for loving yourself enough to tell the truth and letting you, and hearing mine, I should say, letting me 
tell you my truth. Next week, we are back with guest hosts and all kinds of new topics to get you wound up and ready to take possession of this new year with the rules that you wrote for yourself. Be well. <laughs>